Ghosts, reincarnation, and aliens and UFOs are the most commonly held paranormal beliefs among Brits. Research has found more than two in five Brits, 43%, claim they believe in the spiritual side of life, with 14% even having dabbled with a Ouija board in an effort to contact souls from beyond the grave. Those in London consider themselves to be the most spiritual in the country, believing most in witches. Meanwhile, residents of the Humber are most open-minded to mind-reading and psychic powers, whilst Northern Ireland residents are the most likely to expect a Bigfoot sighting. The uh, poll of 2,000 adults was revealed and even, or sorry, also revealed an even split when it comes to those who believe in an afterlife and those that don't. But 33% are more skeptical, with those in the West Midlands the most dubious about supernatural phenomena. You can read more about the top 10 most popular paranormal beliefs, including ghosts, aliens, and witches in Great Britain. That story's in the In the News section up at Coast to Coast AM. Dot com. Back to more of my conversation with Josh Reeves, filmmaker, the man behind volumes one, two, and three of Lost Secrets of Ancient America, plus your phone calls right after this on Coast to Coast AM. Josh Reeves is with us, the host of Global Reality Channel on uh, YouTube and a filmmaker. Volume three of Lost Secrets of Ancient America is uh, has just newly been uh, produced and is available volumes one two and three and again how do we get those uh how do we screen those and and, and purchase those josh well coastal coast am has made it very easy for people to do that all they have to do is go to coastalcoastam.com they can go to the search tab at the top and type my name josh reeves it'll bring up the guest page and it has a biography there and if you scroll down it says videos and where it says videos it says the lost secrets of ancient america trilogy if they click that, it'll take them right to the download store where they can purchase the download of the film. And if they buy the trilogy in the next 24 hours, they're going to get it at a discount, especially for Coast to Coast AM listeners. Fantastic. All right. We were talking about the Mound Builders before the uh, the break. Uh, I went to Moundsville. Um, I think it's called Moundsville in uh, West Virginia, right across from the, uh, the uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary there is this Moundville Museum. There's a huge mound. And they really sort of, in the museum, if you go in there, they really bend over backwards to uh, try and convince you that the mounds were not built by G, uh, by giants, that the, uh, I believe they they say that the Adena people were responsible for these mounds, at least in this part of the Ohio Valley. Um, first of all, who were the Adenas? Do we know much about them? Well, they were supposedly they were this group of builders that uh, were said to be giants. So, you know, they say that that was the Adenas, but they also try and, uh, as you said, try and get you looking in another direction. I, I actually have never been to uh, Moundville in West Virginia. I went to Moundville in Alabama because there's a Moundville there, too, and shot for Lost Secrets of Ancient America Volume 1. And I also went to Mound City, which is in Chillicothe, Ohio, and just as you stated, the penitentiary there in Virginia, uh, in Chillicothe, Ohio, parts of the Mound City complex are actually built into a penitentiary there and are off limits and inaccessible to the public. So 
it's very interesting that so many of these sites where you know there's they're supposedly trying to tell you know they're trying to tell us that okay this is you know there's nothing unusual going on here but you find these anomalous things and as i mentioned in places like uh you know the uh Newark Earthworks in Ohio you find and in the the uh Serpent Mound as well you find this phase 60 numerical system which is a babylonian numerical system and you find stuff in like the, the numbers within the Serpent Mound you find stuff like 666 which people think is Satan and the devil, but in in Babylonian numerical system, 666 is a number for the sun, and that's why a lot of these ancient sites, uh, like the Serpent Mound and others across the Ohio Valley and and even the Rock Wall, are all aligned to the equinoxes and the solstices. So we definitely see in the building and the structures of these ancient sites that their connection to the stars is built right into the structures themselves. Do you believe that there are still um, giant skeletons to be found in any of these mounds, or have they all been removed? Well, there's certainly it's certainly possible. I mean, there's a lot of sites that are still on public property which have not been excavated and have uh, have not been touched. I have actually heard from a couple of people who said I have a mound on my property. Come and excavate it. Come, let's come and see what we can find. And every time that I try to contact those people again, they mysteriously I can't hear back from them. So there's definitely an ongoing cover up with all of this stuff. Um, I, you know, I want to make it clear that I'm not coming from any sort of agenda in this. I'm not trying to. I don't come from a religious agenda. I'm not trying to prove the existence of, of uh, you know. The, the, the Bible and, and, and prove all these things. I have absolutely zero agenda when it comes to this stuff, and I'm not left or right politically. I simply want the truth, and that's what I'm after. And that seems to be what uh, they continue to cover up. I mean, the rock wall thing really opened my eyes more than anything else to just how far the cover ups are willing to go when it comes to this stuff, because it seems to challenge. Well, the established narratives of both science and religion, and that seems to be what they're most afraid of, is these things being uh, you know, usurped and turned over and basically uh, being out of their control. Well, that was my next question, is why the, the, the secrecy? Why the cover-up? I mean, can you imagine the lineups at the Smithsonian, um, the various Smithsonian museums, if they had giant skeletons on display? Why? I mean, is this about I don't know, protecting tenure for university professors? Why don't they want to rewrite the history? Well, here's the thing. The, the Smithsonian Institute, people think the Smithsonian is a government, United States government-controlled organization, and it really isn't. It actually gets its funding from a lot of overseas people, and they have offices all over the world. So if anything is found, they, they get called, and people get called out to go and collect it immediately. Now, from what I've been told, from what I've found in my research, a lot of people believe that the Smithsonian is directly connected to the Vatican because the Vatican has uh, these – what we talked about before previously, Richard, was uh, you had asked me if I thought that there was actually a big warehouse like in Indiana Jones where the Smithsonian uh, stored all of this stuff. But certainly the Vatican is said to have those type of things. So it seems that the cover-up is really about – uh, keeping these established narratives of both science and religion in place in order to keep their narratives of control in place. And, and those tend to reflect who we are 
where we really come from, what our destiny here is on Earth. And I think that's something that every human has the right to know, and, and they don't deserve to have it covered up for them. So that's why my question all this stuff and trying to uncover it is so important to me, Richard, because it's not just about finding the lost secrets of ancient America. It's about connecting the narrative and connecting the real truths of who we are as humans and, and how we got here and where we came from. So, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm not funded by a television show or any – I'm completely self-funded and funded by people who support my work. And uh, when people buy the downloads, that's what they allow me to do is to be able to continue this work because uh, I'm not done yet. I still have a lot to do, and I want to uncover this rock one, like I said, really document this stuff and bring it to the people so they can see it so we're not just hearing these stories that were being told of stuff that happened there. I want to show it to people and bring it to people because I think that us finding out and being in control of our destiny as humans is, is the most important thing we can undertake in this life because the powers that be don't have any interest in telling us the truth, and that's going to come down to the individual. It's going to come down to people like me and you and the work you do and, and everything else. So it's really vital and important to me to continue this work into the future as long as I can. Maybe I'm being naive, Josh, or I'm missing something here, but it would seem to me that it would be in the interest of the church uh, to um, to uncover these giant skeletons or to put them on display because they that would that would support the biblical narrative, would it not? You know, the the giants that roamed the earth and during Genesis and after the flood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the more perplexing things about it. I mean, there was a guy who conducted the last dig that was done in Rockwall in 1999, and uh, he had his dig shut down by what he called uh, church people in black, essentially Vatican people, who showed up and uh, and told him to shut the dig down. And then people within the city of Rockwall, people like Congressman Ralph Hall, uh, got involved and had it shut down. So uh, you're exactly right. I mean, you you would think. I mean, you know, the uh, the the thinking would be that if you could find this and prove this, it would justify their existence. But they don't have an interest in doing that, and it seems to be that what they're afraid of is that the stories of of evolution and the stories and everything else that we've been told. And I think it absolutely has something to do with uh, with the whole extraterrestrial thing, because as you said, you would think that it would make sense that they would want these giants to be out there to justify their own existence, but the cover-up continues. All right, let's grab a call here. East of the Rockies, Bernadette is in Harvey, Illinois. Good morning, Bernadette. You're on the line with Josh Reeves. Go ahead. Good morning. I'm so happy to get through. I have a question about the Georgia Guidestones that I just realized or just learned was dismantled in 2022. Might there have been a connection to this wall that he's been discussing? The Georgia Guidestones, yeah, they were unceremoniously blown up by uh, some unknown perpetrator recently. Um, what, what do you know about the Georgia Guidestones, Josh? Well, I you know, I, I don't think that there's any connection to that to the rock wall because those were those were man-made and those were constructed uh, by someone. I you know I found a lot of very interesting things that that connect. Uh, to the Georgia Guidestones, and, and some people believe that uh, they were constructed by Scientology. I mean, there's a lot of strange stuff out there, but essentially I think what, what they were, were they were some sort of, of guidelines that were set up by a secret society. And there's, again, there's a lot of nefarious stuff, but 
I, you know, as far as like who destroyed it and everything, there was supposedly a time capsule underneath the thing, and I think whoever blew it up, that's what they were looking for. But uh, it's a, you know, it's a very strange thing. I, I never really spent a lot of time focusing on the Guidestones, other than the fact that that area, the reason why they placed it there, is because that area supposedly prior to the destruction of Atlantis was one of the areas where Atlantis was located. And, of course, the city of Atlanta in Georgia takes its name from Atlantis. So there, it seems to be that they were marking that spot for whatever reason as a sacred spot in a spot where possibly uh, the future civilization, after some sort of great cataclysm, wiped out the current one, would be rebuilt at. And this is something that Sir Francis Bacon talked about. He wrote a book called the new Atlantis, and in his book, he talked about how the old Atlantis was located in the area which is now, which was then known as the New World, which is America, and that it, the new Atlantis would be built upon the ashes of the old, and that just as the old Atlantis, the new Atlantis would face the same situations where we would have to make a decision between power for the sake of power or power for the sake of the good of the people. So. It's very fascinating that Sir Francis Bacon had talked about these skyscrapers, flying machines, all this stuff hundreds of years ago in his book that all came true. So it's one of those things to me that's fascinating about the Guidestones is that it seems that whoever did was responsible for it definitely had an advanced knowledge of things that none of us are really aware of at this point. Uh, I know you mentioned you know the, covering the Four Corners in uh, Volume 3 of Lost Secrets of uh, Ancient America. Did you spend any time at the Denver airport? I, no, because uh, we, we, we this was all done uh, by traveling by car. But I, you know, I've I've studied that extensively and and whatnot. It's a very it's a very interesting thing. I think that the Denver Airport definitely connects to some of the stuff that I found in Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volume Three, in uh, Colorado Springs. Because I mentioned earlier these Arcturians and how they take on these different forms. And what you have right outside Colorado Springs is you have the uh, what's called the 50th Space Wing which is where the Space Force runs out of. And one of the things that, that is consistent upon all of this stuff is the idea, and we talked about these underground bases, underground military bases. So I definitely think it's possible that all throughout Colorado, including with uh, the Denver airport, that there is some sort of I – I mean, I don't have any evidence of this, but I believe that there is some sort of underground uh, facilities there that connect to both the airport and the military bases – in Colorado Springs, where, as I mentioned earlier, Nikola Tesla had decoded this signal that had come down, and also where there happens to be uh, some very strange iconography and ancient sites as well. All right, we'll go back to the phones. Uh, the wild card line Tom is in Placerville, California. Tom, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Um, hi, Josh. Nice to talk to you. Uh, I must oh, say, Doug, you do have a sense of humor after listening to a lot of your stuff. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've been out to Pyramid Lake, and uh, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff out there. And and the, the Giants Cave, you know, off the Love Rock. But I had a couple questions about the Anunnaki. Um, do you think, let me see, um, do you think that... Uh, you know, since they're unable to go back to their planet, that they're actually still here. And do you think that Zachariah Sitchin was actually told that Enlil, or maybe Anu, uh, was uh, no, uh, was Satan? 
and that if they are still here, since uh, since Enlil, you know, tried to take us out more than once, then uh, then that's what's going on because he's 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 angry that uh, he can't leave this place, so he's going to take us all with him. Well, that's an interesting it's an interesting statement, you know. I and I, I don't I can't claim to have the answers to that, but there, you know, if you read the the actual scholarly translations of the Sumerian text, it, yeah, there's nowhere in there does it talk about them leaving. So a lot of people believe that they never left, that they're still here, that they exist underground, and, and maybe possibly some of these underground bases, like I was talking about, as well. So. Uh, that's one of the the many things I don't know. You know, I actually found uh, a, a, there's a book that called The Murder of Meriwether Lewis, and a lot of uh, Meriwether Lewis from the Lewis and Clark expedition. You know, when these guys were coming across America, they were finding mounds and evidence of giants all over the place. I mean, they found in Alabama they came across a giant Native American man sitting lotus style on a mound, and his name was Tuscaloosa, and that's where the city of Tuscaloosa in Alabama takes its name from. And one of the things that in some of these um, lost writings of Meriwether Lewis, he talks about this ancient race of giants being shackled and held underground, and that one day someone was going to unleash a plague of giants upon the earth uh, which had the possibility of destroying humanity. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, and I don't know that there's, that, that, that there's anything to that. But uh, just based on, on my research and what I've looked at, it's definitely fascinating. As you mentioned, it doesn't say anywhere that they, if they were here, that they ever left. But um, I also think that's possibly where the whole Stargate thing comes in, uh, and these different portals that are located within the Earth that allow you to jump great distances across the galaxy. Uh, Josh, i got to jump in here. We're uh, heading into the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick time out and uh, get to more phone calls, questions and comments for filmmaker researcher Josh Reeves, Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Nickelback, taking us into the break with those days right here on Coast to Coast AM. All right, welcome back. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett, and don't forget the website, strangeplanet.ca. An acting class in Peebles, Scotland, is reportedly seeking students who would like to help mem- memorialize 27 people from the town who were tried and executed for witchcraft back in the 1600s. Although the victims are already commemorated by a granite monument in Peebles, as well as in a chapter devoted to them in Borders Witch Hunt, a history of witchcraft trials in that part of Scotland, the acting group's director sees the dramatization of their ordeal as a way to honor them in a, in a unique way. And as the witch hunts of the day targeted men, women, and children, the opportunity to play a role in the theatrical scenes is open to people of all ages. You can read more about this in the highlight carousel up at coasttocoastam.com. All right, back to uh, more of your questions and comments for Josh Reeves as we continue to delve into the lost secrets of ancient America right here on Coast to Coast AM. And we're back with Josh Reeves, host of the Global Reality Channel on YouTube. How do we find you, Josh? Well, as I said, uh, if people go to coasttocoastam.com and they go to the guest section or they can go to the search engine and type in my name, Josh Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S, 
Coast to Coast AM has made it easy, and all the relevant links to find not only uh, how to listen to my show and all my work, and, as well as the download store to buy all of my downloads of my films and audiobooks, it's all right there at coasttocoastam.com for you. All right. Let's go back to the phones and uh, our good friend Cornelius joining us from Alexandria, Louisiana. Cornelius, welcome once again to Coast. Hey, well, Richard, Happy New Year to both you and Josh and all the listeners and callers. And thank you to Donna Walker for getting me through. Look, Josh, my name is Cornelius Wider here in Alexandria, Louisiana. I was just telling Donna Walker. Oh, first, I want to address you, Richard. I want to thank you for having that first guest on. A lot of African-Americans are into supernatural stuff and UFOs. So I'm I'm thanking you that and for that uh, Swamp Fox. I never heard of him from Oak Grove, Louisiana. Now, oh, Josh, yes. my question for you, we have a place called Poverty Point, Louisiana. L.A. Marzulli's yes. been over here and stuff, and we've got mounds like that where these giants were at. I think they were fallen angels. I believe in the Bible and stuff. And um, the Bible shows where all of this stuff came from, and I think they were here first before man was here and stuff so that's my premise so god bless you richard and josh really enjoying the show come to poverty right. point louisiana oh cornelius well, thank you, know you so much for the call I need to. yeah i need to that's actually the one that's the one place that i have not been able to go to yet so uh maybe i'll see you over there sometime i do have that on my list for sure what's fascinating about poverty point is that and i discussed this in uh, lost east of ancient america volume one is that in the state of Michigan, there was found all of this ancient copper mining that was going on thousands of years ago. Somebody was excavating copper out of mines in Michigan and then transporting it through the United States all the way down to the location of Poverty Point and then sending it somewhere over to the Middle East because the copper that is found in Michigan has been found in artifacts that have been found in uh, what is now Afghanistan and Iraq and that kind of thing. So absolutely, I mean, I think that, that the giant thing is, as I talk about in volume one, I talk about uh, the giants in regards to uh, what, what are referred to as the Amorites, the biblical Amorites. But you know, there, there was a precedent that these people actually did exist, and they were said to be giants. Uh, you had Og, who was one of these giants. But Poverty Point is fascinating because it's not just mounds. It's the only site that's ever been found that has both mounds and earthworks, and there is a difference. Mounds are, are structures that they are, can be used for both burial, and they're not always burial mounds, but then you have earthworks, which are something completely different, like what you see up in Ohio in uh, the Newark earthworks and whatnot. And at Poverty Point, Louisiana, you have all of the type of earthworks and mounds in one site, which you don't find anywhere else. So it's a fascinating spot, and I hope to be able to go there in the future for sure. All right. Uh, you mentioned uh, the copper mines on the, uh, uh, I guess the the south shore of Lake Superior, yeah. where these have been discovered. I mean, without those copper mines, there wouldn't have been a Bronze Age. I mean, you need copper to make bronze. So we're talking about what five thousand? Well, the Bronze Age was roughly three thousand BC to about twelve hundred BC. So we're talking five thousand years ago. Absolutely. You're 100% correct, Richard. That is, a, that is a correct assessment. There would not have been that age without that. 
that copper. And it's it's fascinating because, you know, whenever you test, the thing about copper is you can test it and determine the location that it came from because it's all different and you're able to see. So in these artifacts, they were found scattered throughout uh, the United States. Some of these artifacts made of this copper were actually found in mounds. So someone was uh, giving some of these artifacts and, and, and giving them to some of the people along the way before they were being distributed and sent out from uh, the Gulf there and sent somewhere over to the Middle East. So, yeah, it's just fascinating that that of all the places where copper is found, this location, in, uh, as you mentioned, on the shore of Lake Superior there, I mean, there was so much pulled out of there. It's, it's completely unprecedented, and, and there's, there's nothing – there's no other sort of uh, – uh, compared, comparable location like that that's ever been found anywhere where that kind of copper mining has been going on at that scale that far back. Wouldn't they have had, have had to have had massive ships to send it all over to Europe? That's well. Again, that's you know that's the real question: the the, the how and and all of that stuff. How did they get it over there? The weight of it, all the rest of it. Again, it had it also had to be some sort of technology, uh, just like what I've talked about was found in the rock wall. That we just don't have any idea uh, how it works, you know. I mean, there's so many things. Again, like I talked about with the rock wall, just the the ability to be able to use these minerals in a way where their molecular structures of the independent minerals stay independent in situ in the stones, and they don't combine. We we still we just don't know how to do that. And one geologist that I talked to, uh, a, a oil and gas geologist, told me that it was his opinion that when the rock wall was constructed, the gravity on Earth was completely different as it is now. Wow. All right. Let's go back to the phones, and uh, let's go west of the Rockies. Matt is in Bellingham, Washington. Matt, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, so I have a question about Columbia. So what what is Columbia when you hear, like, Washington, D.C., District of Columbia – and Columbia University, Columbia Pictures, is there some, some like, global uh, society that comes from Columbia that means something with all these? Well, I'm, I'm, Columbia I'm, yeah. is a, an ancient deity. I think it's, I think it's a representation of uh, – uh, there's lots of different opinions. Some people think it's a representation of ISIS. Some people think it's a representation – of Inanna. I mean, there's a lot of different theories and stuff on it, but yeah, it does seem to go back to uh, an ancient goddess worship and, uh, and and definitely some of these uh, gods and demigods that uh, were supposedly on Earth in ancient times. All right. Thank you for the call, Matt. Um, do you think the ancient Egyptians, maybe the the Phoenicians were also in, uh, in, in North America, I don't know, five, 10,000 years ago? Well, I'm not sure exactly if it was exactly those people or people who who either seeded those people and gave them knowledge or had come in contact with them. I mean, certainly there's stuff that's been found in uh, in Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma, there was something that's been described as a Phoenician for, uh, fortress that was found there. There's been all kinds of uh, speculation that the Phoenicians had contact. In fact, the Cherokees. Uh, believe that they were in contact, their, their ancient people were in contact with Phoenicians because they were the only tribe that had a written language. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that it does appear that people who were from, and I found this a lot, especially in uh, Lost Cities of Ancient America, Volume 1, there, there definitely 
is a lot of artifacts, a lot of things like the Hevener runestone in Oklahoma that does appear to make references to things that come straight out of the ancient Sumerian text. So without question, I think there was people from the ancient Middle East here who exactly they were and, uh, and, and where they got their knowledge from is really the big question. Uh, any thoughts on uh, America's Stonehenge up in – that's in New Hampshire, I believe, right? Yeah, that's in New Hampshire. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting – I don't know. I, I never really got a lot into it, but it does appear to be one of those things where, to me, it's it, – it, all of these – we talk about all these different ancient civilizations and whatnot, and there's so much separation that is put upon these things. And I talk about that in Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volume 3, the idea of diffusionism versus – isolationism and the idea that that these civilizations that were just across the river or the Mississippi River from each other, the scientifically held belief even they couldn't have had contact with each other. But when you start to research things, you start to find out that, wait a minute, all of these things that we're told are separate or separate cultures or, or separate entities or separate civilizations were all the result of this one mass civilization that had advanced knowledge and advanced technology, they're just known by different names at different times when they existed. All right, let's go to the phones again. Uh, east of the Rockies, Greg is in Buffalo, New York. Greg, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Yeah, hi, Richard. Hi, Josh. Um, hi there. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, my um, mother's grandfather was a uh, constable in Moundsville. Uh, West Virginia in, in the uh, 1930s. <laughs> so, oh wow! Small world. Yeah, the small world, and uh, I, I have the—I can't remember his name. The British guy. It's kind of a related area. The book's called Origins of the Gods. And Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock. Yeah, that's more of a worldly, I guess, global thing than. But it's sort of—it seems like it's a related. Uh, uh, subject matter because I'm really I'm I'm getting interested in this. So well, well you definitely yeah, want to check out uh, Josh's series. I'll I'll do that. Yeah, I'll check the website out and all that. But uh, well, I, I definitely have tried to show that in these films, Lost Seeds of Ancient America, that it's not because I I think that that kind of turns people off sometimes that they think that I'm only dealing with stuff that has to do with America. But really, if you watch these films. You'll begin to understand. You'll see how I'm connecting it to things throughout the world. I don't think there's any separation in any of this stuff. I mean, many of the ancient sites, the earthworks yeah. in the Ohio Valley, you can are, are aligned directly to the pyramids of Giza. So, as Richard had just asked me here before, you know, if I thought it was possible that uh, Egyptians were in America, I don't know if they were necessarily Egyptians, but somebody who had the same knowledge base and was coming from the same pool of information as they were, were definitely here, and they were definitely aware of the Great Pyramids thousands of years ago when they were building these structures in the Ohio Valley. Oh, sure. I know it's connecting the dots and all that. But yeah, I understand. And uh, All right, Greg, thank you for the call. All right, let's uh, go west of the Rockies. Jim is in northwest Utah. Jim, good morning. Welcome to Coast. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, like to know what you got on uh, artifacts removed out of a cave in Grand Canyon and uh, hidden by Smithsonian around 1909, that whole story. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I cover that actually in Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volume 3. I mean, in, in all of my work into this, the two things I get asked the most about are, of course, the rock wall, and the second is exactly what you just mentioned, the the ancient civilization, the ancient stuff that they found 
at uh, at the Grand Canyon. I mean, that, that it's not you know it's it's not even uh, questioned that the Smithsonian sent people there to examine it. What they found and what happened to those artifacts is where the questions started to come in. But uh, I've seen enough and, and talked to enough people, and I traveled there and to, to determine that there is there is definitely something to it because there's parts of the location where this stuff was supposedly found, which are government property. I mean, you, you can get shot. You can get, I mean, you can't trespass on the areas and the areas where it supposedly was even found, even if you're just going, you know, hey, curious, hey, let's just go over here and see if there's anything to this. You can't even go on those areas because those areas are so protected. So my, you know, I just think if there's nothing to it, why the secrecy? Why are those areas off limits? And uh, yeah, for sure. I covered that in Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volume 3. All right, Jim, thank you for that. What are you working on next? Is there going to be a volume four? Well, I tell you what, I'm really trying to, like I said, I'm really trying to have my own dig into the rock wall. There may be a volume four. It just depends if, uh, you know, hey, listen, if all the Coastal Coast AM listeners go out and buy the trilogy right now, it's over seven hours long, then uh, there definitely will be. But I'm, you know, I'm really really struggling to... uh, to just survive and do this work and everything else because it's really difficult to get people uh, to fund this kind of work unless you're going to get funding from you know someone who wants to control the outcome of your data. So I do all the elements of this film. I mean, I do the writing. I do the researching. I do the voiceovers. I even compose and perform all the music in my film. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely a one-man show, and it's only because of the support of people like the listeners of Coast to Coast AM who want the truth who want someone like me to be able to go out there and try to find this stuff and bring it to you. And that's what I've dedicated my life to do, Richard. It seems, uh, Josh, that the, I mean, the odds are stacked against people like you in terms of, you know, trying to get at the truth, particularly when it comes to, you know, trying to excavate uh, in Rockwall. I mean, do you think they'll ever allow you to to put a shovel in the ground and 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 get a good look at that wall? Well, it's it's not a problem. But I mean, this is you got to remember, Richard. This is the state of Texas. You can do anything you want on property you own, and nobody can say anything about it. So that's really the main thing. We've got to find somebody that either owns property or who's willing to buy a piece of property, uh, where through the mapping that we have, we can determine there's a piece at, and then we can get excavators in there and we can do whatever. It's not a problem of doing the the, the actual dig. It's a problem of finding a piece of, of land where we can have permission to do it. And really, in a situation like that, you want it to be property that you own. So that's really been the, the struggle that I've had. And, hey, you never know. There might be someone listening to this show that may live in Rockwall, may know where an area is where we can excavate at. Please get in contact with me if you do. I'm never going to give up on this because I believe it's important and I believe we can shed a lot of light on this stuff if we can document these things like the piezoelectrical energy production of the wall, how it responds to low-frequency sound waves, the shark's teeth embedded into it, the sand dollars that were found that weren't petrified. You know, All of these things I want to document and put them on the record for future generations so we can continue to look for these things, not just in places like Rockwall, but all over. I'm sure there are other uh, rock walls out there as well, not just in Texas, right? There are. In fact, there are. there's another one in Texas, uh, and I talk about that in Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volume 1. There's another one uh, that's found down near Austin. It was found in, in ancient times, and they found all of these, like, uh, Babylonian-type statues and stuff. There's very little information I can find about this, and I've tried to go find out 
where this thing is located at, and it's almost impossible to find because. But it was reported in in newspapers in like the 1920s and 30s. But uh, uh, it's there's very little on it. But I'm sure there probably are. I heard about one in Tennessee. There's been some sort of ancient wall that was found in Tennessee. I haven't found very many reports on that, but. Again, I think you're right, Richard. I think there's probably more of this stuff out there, and I think if eventually we can, uh, you know, get lidar scans and what whatnot, we'll be able to do like what they've done in South America with some of these Aztec and Mayan civilizations, where they're finding completely new things underground that you just can't see any other way. Well, keep on the trail, Josh. You're doing great work, and uh, it was great hanging out with you for uh, for the last two hours. Thank you so much. And Richard, you're the best. Thank you, Josh Reeves. Global Reality Channel uh, on YouTube and uh, The Lost Secrets of Ancient America, Volumes 1 through 3. For George Norrie, George Knapp, Lisa Alliance, Stephanie Smith, Tom Danheiser, Dan Galanti, Chris Burroughs, Michael Cozio, Donna Walker, Ryan Stacey, Tim Banal, and in Brantford, Ontario, Scott Park. I'm Richard Serra. Thank you for your ears and your voices, your beautiful voices. Until next time, so long for now.